West Shaw of the MDI water taxi. And, uh, you know, it's the old taxi story, Midnight City, million stories. So we'll be talking to Wes this morning, and we've uh, told him he can chip in at any time. We've got a... well, the Wheel C fellow will be uh, will be talking to Mark Rorig from Louisville right. this morning, won't we? we? The fellow yes. fixing up the school bus to school sail bus. around the world on land and sea. We had a call last last month. Person wanted to know uh, how the school bus thing was going. So, yes, uh, we'll be talking with Mark in a little bit. Mark will be along. Uh, something about the Vinyl Haven Marine Tech program, I guess. And uh, we got a couple clippings here as well. This one is, uh, you know. We hate it when uh, we have to talk about this kind of stuff, but boat talk is, uh, you know, boats are a happy place, and it's all about uh, getting out on the water and and, uh, just floating in a boat, I find inherently relaxing. But here's a Bangor man, uh, 60 drowns after his uh, aluminum John boat capsized in Salmon Pond down off the airline down in Washington County this weekend. There were two of them in the uh, little aluminum John boat. They were 50 feet from shore when it tipped over. One fellow swam to shore, and the other guy, uh, you know, was found in 10 feet of water. Mm -hmm. And the water's cold nowadays. You only have like 10 or 15 minutes till you start losing your muscle uh, abilities, you know. And uh, he he was able to swim. Uh, You know, he was uh, trying to put the life jacket on. And again, uh, you just need to be careful so you don't get in the paper like that. 52.6 52.6 at Long Pond yesterday and 43 at Great Duck Island. Yeah, and again, you're, uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing, hypothermia. Now, there's techniques to uh, lessen heat loss, but basically you can't swim at the same time you're huddling up and, and uh, you know, trying to protect your, your trunk area and, and conserve your heat. Uh, swimming uses a lot of energy, whether to strike out for the shore and, or uh, stay with the boat. Now, that's always an interesting dilemma you know and uh like i said don't get in trouble nowadays because water is cold and you've you've uh, got to mind your p's and q's here's another uh i like this one for the uh tagline at the end a a, a a black american fella from new york city set off the other day on sunday to become the first black american to row solo across the atlantic ocean and he set off from uh where does it say here uh he set off from uh, Africa anyway in his homemade 24-foot uh, rowboat, and he is going to raise awareness of AIDS in Africa and memorialize the route that took African slaves to the Americas. Here's my favorite part. Almost 50 people gathered on the beach to watch Mooney head off to his hometown, many saying they wished him well but weren't sure why he was undertaking the dangerous adventure. He's crazy, says Gaston Sabale who works at a beachside restaurant. Everybody wants to go to America, but not like that. Yeah. <laughs> he is crazy. <laughs> Took off from uh, Dakar, Senegal, it uh, says here. So, you know, we wish him all the luck in the world, and he's out there rowing right now as you're just uh, hanging out listening to Boat right, Talk. I hope he has some people checking on him, you know, flying over at least, or wow. some sort of chase boat. Yeah, that's... There's more than a couple a people row. who have uh, set out to row across different... Uh, Oceans like that, some of them have, uh, you know, completed the journey successfully, and some of them have gone through hell, and some of them haven't come back. Right. So we wish him all the luck in the world. Here's a uh, another one that just, um, I guess this one speaks to the nature of maintenance around the ocean. Uh, it's a corrosive environment, you know. And uh, Larry Mahaney, a uh, well-known Maine businessman, passed away this uh, February, Mahaney Diamond, up to the University of Maine, Weber Oil. He has a place down in Northeast Harbor, and the harbor master the other day 
On Tuesday was, uh, you know, sitting, gazing fondly at his harbor when he heard a big crack and Kevin Mahaney's dock let go and collapsed into the, uh, into the harbor. And, uh, you know, whether it was just old and rotten or was its time. And, but what a beautiful thing. It, it lasted as long as Kevin did. You know, and uh, you could say it disappeared. I'm um, sorry, Larry. Larry <laughs> Mahaney is the uh, fellow who passed away. Yeah, a lot of folks in Northeast weren't happy when that dock went in. You know, no, uh, it's right next to the town marina. Yeah, yeah, and they weren't happy with the house until it blended into the woods. But uh, dock just fell into the water. Yeah, just uh, it says here what happened is a uh, piece rotted out, and the whole thing went down. I was sitting there and heard a crunch. Said Sean Murphy, the harbor master, and. You know, it's uh, the first time he can recall a, a dock just collapsing, nobody even on it. And, of course, it would have been worse if it was July and it was, you know, mm. full of people. So the same thing sort of happened in Belfast. They put in new oak pilings down there for their nice waterfront uh, harbor park in, in uh, Belfast. And one summer day, not very long after they put the piles in, one of them fell over. Nobody was pulling on it or anything. It just fell over, and it was eaten by marine worms. Torito worms, who are here now, and they ate that thing uh, pretty much in very short order. And they've, uh, you know, had to condemn all the pilings there, and I believe they've been replaced now. So the marine environment, you just can't leave stuff and, uh, you know, just hope for the best. Moorings are like that, too. Um, an uninspected mooring, for instance, uh, a lot of people, when they go places in their boats, the, the highest ideal is to pick up a mooring. You figure, wow, I don't have to worry about that. I always like my anchor. You think, okay, what do I know about the shackle down bottom there? You know, what are we tied to? No idea whatsoever. Has it been maintained? Is it, yeah, you, know? you should ch- check those annually because there, there's some serious corrosion that can happen at the very bottom where it chafes on the uh, granite and the, the pin, too. Yep, it's a high-maintenance environment, the uh, waterfront. And, uh, you know, you got to mind your P's and Q's. And if you do, you can have, uh, you know, some good times. And that's the whole idea is to get out there and enjoy it. Hey, Boat Talk is a call-in show, and uh, the number here is 1-866-625-9378. I think we have uh, Mark Rorig, the we'll see the school bus guy on the line. Perfect. And, and, uh, Mark, are you there? I'm here. Well, welcome. We've had some calls concerning uh, how your project is coming, so I wonder if you might just be able to give us an update and some more information on how you're doing. Well... Uh, it shows like yours. It might get me off the ground. What happened was uh, there's just been a lot of lack of exposure to media, and I haven't, uh, wasn't ready or could not ascertain a sponsor is what I should say. Just couldn't get sponsored, and it's it was all on me, and uh, I kind of got uh, underfunded here. So I need to, yeah, there there need to be some more uh, propaganda around it. That's all. <laughs> I wouldn't say propaganda. I say um, sp- speculation. We'll call it speculation. Yes. Um, the bus did do its uh, initial float test perfectly. Well, Mark, and, Mark yeah. let's let's start right back at the very beginning for people who don't know just what your project is. That you are, okay. you have previously uh, converted a car to be amphibious, and now you're on to a bigger project. Why don't you start there? Exactly. Um, anybody who wants to see the whole entire story can go on the net at the Amphigeo story, amphibious geo, amphi. G-E-O-S-T-O-R-Y, story.com, and uh, it's there. But, yeah, I built that, and we toured around the United States, and the book, there's a book and a video out on how to convert your automobile. And the second go-around was the uh, bus, which is a 66-passenger international school bus, and 6,500 pounds of steel was added in the form of uh, displacement tanks, fuel tanks, uh, out uh, upper deck, 
lower deck, and uh, uh, all the way around the side steel hull bow and, and after deck. So lots of steel added. Our friend Wes here was uh, he was making a side to side motion with his hand, saying, "What keeps it from tipping over?" I believe would have been Wes's wonder there. Well, that's real easy. Uh, all that steel that was that I just talked about was added underneath in the form of tanks. And uh, with the fuel and everything else, it, it weighs a whole lot on the very bottom. It's, it's sort of like a big keel, but it's flat. And if it did tip over, no big deal. We took all the glass out and we put steel panels in with portholes all the way around. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really tight when it's tightened down. When you buckle down the hatches, it's just like a sailboat. It can flip over if it had to. Uh, it'd be hard to do, and it would, it would turn over real quick if it did. It's got so much weight on the bottom. It's just, you know. Now, the plan, too, Mark, is to not only, uh, uh, you know, go around the world by water, but also by land as well. This thing will come out of the water, drive up and, and down the highway. Is that correct? Yeah, two really neat words you put together, amphibious and circumnavigation. It's kind of fun to say that off your tongue, but amphibious circumnavigation is what we're after. Uh, it was done in the 50s. George, <laughs> I wish it was George, Bill Carlin took off uh, in 1950s from Nova Scotia. Uh, you know, Halifax, Nova Scotia, and he took him nine years, and he'd come back to that same point. He went around the world. You can see that on the Internet on half safe, two words, half, half and safe in any uh, um, search engine. Nine years. And a fellow called last week, and we pointed out to him, uh, aren't you interested in, in uh, sort of making a documentary at the same time as, as uh, this whole thing is happening around the world? Yeah, and I'd like to also put it to your listeners that, really, I'm not in this for any kind of... Uh, financial gain so i would actually be uh willing to give we'll see away under contract uh it, that they'll finish it in the, inside of a year uh it needs propulsion navigation added uh the vessel is complete and i don't mind doing that as long as someone goes under contract that in one year they'll complete it and i will definitely be in charge of the work and i'll get it done for them i just don't have a way to, to finish it by myself i need i need help and i've got free time and i've got a way to transport it so uh, that's that's a whole lot to say, but it's there. Um, and for and, could and, I put my phone number out because I don't have not? my number. In, okay, yep. my number is five zero two. That's Louisville five zero two four six eight five zero five five. That's four six eight five zero five five in Louisville, Kentucky. The uh, trip itself will uh, you'd be also soliciting people to uh, to go on the trip, right? And Possibly Absolutely. be in the movie, which led to the question last week uh, when the caller, uh, you know, asked about the project. It, it uh, begs the question: Are you on the bus? You know, the the old acid Kool Aid test question. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I know it kind of sounds strange for to be talking about a school bus in the ocean, but it's it at at some point you just have to cancel them two words out, school and bus, and think that it is a ship. It is. It's a. Uh, you know, it carries 900 gallons of diesel, and there's 6,500 pounds of steel added. I mean, it's it's quite a vessel, and uh, it will do what we say it will do. I, I have no doubt in my mind, you know. So. Well, we have um, also sometimes on as a guest host here, Giffy Full, who's uh, just a world-class. Giffy's kind of a legend, marine surveyor, done everything from uh, Jacques Cousteau to old Ironsides. And as you remember, uh, we interviewed you one time, and, uh, when Giffy came in in the morning, I gave him some of your printed material from the Internet, and I said, Giffy, uh, check this out. We're going to be talking to this fellow this morning. Giffy says, you're not going to like talking to me. <laughs> I says, well, just be honest with him, Giffy. And at the end, you uh, you know, can talk a good line about welding uh, the differential this way and that way and, 
And you were obviously mechanically very capable. And at the end, if you remember, Giffy wished you good luck. And we'll right. see. You know, and you kind of want him over, which I thought was a pretty interesting thing. So, you know, we wish you all the best. There's no doubt about that. Well, 80% of its gross weight is underwater. Uh, it's going to have a hull speed of like a sailboat. I mean, this thing's not going to fly on top. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. It's going to move slow to conserve fuel, too. But this thing will work. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of completing it. It was done once already in a Jeep, for God's sake. They actually towed their fuel behind them in, in uh, wing tanks up of... Uh, uh, B-17. So, I mean, they really wanted to make the trip. I've got it. I'll have a lap of luxury compared to what they went through. But um, I do appreciate you all helping me out with the with, with putting me on your show from time to time. I really, really do from the bottom of my heart. I do appreciate it. All right. Well, when we last talked, you had just done a uh, a water test without the, the engines in the back. Um, is that about where it sits right now? Yeah, that made a big deal around here. We had helicopter coverage from Channel 11, Channel 3, local news, and uh, we had the front page of the Courier-Journal. Uh, we've been in uh, attitudes and latitudes, uh, Ocean Navigator, um, uh, School Bus Monthly. We were in a lot of different publications. School Bus Blue Monthly, Grand excellent. School Bus Monthly, that's a big one. A- yeah, that'd be a front pager for that one. Oh, that's we great. Were, yeah. And what uh, what kind of response, if any, have you got from all that publicity? It's also been, in, uh, it's also been on television in Israel uh, because I was over there for three months, and I gave uh, the TV media my information I had and uh, MPEG and everything, and they put it on. They put it on TV over there. Um, that's just it. Uh, just didn't. We had a whole lot of local interest, but being landlocked in Louisville. You don't have a lot of ocean goers here, and most people are like scared of the ocean here. They mm-hmm. they saw too many Jaws movies, and uh, <laughs> so when I'm down in Florida, where my mom lives in West Palm, and I bring this up over coffee and tea, whatever, to, I get a lot of interest. So I really need to get it down there. I guess this, this isn't the place to be building this. Huh. Well, all we can say, Mark, is uh, thanks for the update. We'll, I'm sure we'll be talking with you again, and uh, good luck. Hey, like I said, I'm giving it away to the right people. All you got to do is call me up and say, let's get going. Let's get it done. And uh, uh, Hey, even if we do a river trip to Cincinnati and St. Louis, it sure would be fun. You know? All right. If you don't mind, you might want to hang on for the next uh, 10, 15 sure. minutes, see sure. if anybody else wants to call in and, and uh, ask you any questions about it. This is a call-in oh, show. one yeah. 625 is the number into the studio. So the message this morning basically is you're looking for some creative uh, way to uh, uh, put some capital energy into the thing. Tell you, the right company comes along. This could be exposure like they never had. Uh, talking CNN, ESPN, I mean, a world-class documentary film. Uh, we'll be on every talk show in the world. I can't see any problem with that, you know. There's a lot more surface area on a bus to place uh, decals and ads than there is on a NASCAR, for instance. <laughs> Oh, there it is. Plus, I've got an 8-foot by 16-foot sun deck with a 4-foot railing all the way around it, so there's a lot of space for everything. Yep. The number here this morning is 1-866-625-9378 if you'd like to uh, talk with Mark or, or uh, you know, contemplate anything naval this morning. The kind of uh, shop we run here is where we don't mind talking to anybody that comes along. We'll just soon put down what we're doing and chat with anybody as, as uh, pretend to be working is, is kind of how we run boat talk here. The phone is ringing, and like I say, one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. We have uh, Mark Rorig from Louisville, Kentucky, on the phone line, and and uh, again he's putting together this project he calls We'll See. Talk about uh, Alan being the punny one here. 
a school bus to uh, go around the world on land and sea. Would this be a a middle latitudes kind of trip? I mean, you know, when you sail around the world, you uh, often have to go at low latitudes, you know, especially down south to get around the world. But those are uh, nasty waters down there. You see yourself kind of... You know, across the Middle East, sort of, sort of thing. How do you, how do you imagine your route, Mark? Yeah, uh, Bermuda to Azores through Gibraltar and through the Med to Israel. Uh, it's about as far as you can get through the Med is through Israel, and and then cross some nice land there on land. Uh, we, that would be our initial route. Huh. Well, Mark, we do. I, have... I also, I'm sorry. Uh, the spelling on that wheel C is W H E E L. Yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> I probably should point that out. We do have yeah, some callers, so so let's let's go to one of our callers and say, "Good morning, welcome to Boat Talk." Oh, I think we I think we just lost that caller. We do have another one though. Good morning. Nope, no more calls. No, nope. wicked confusion here this morning. Yeah. The lightning flashes when the phone rings here, and uh, a lot of head shaking and stuff. One eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight is the number here and again uh you know we contemplate anything naval or uh, we'll see what's your interest i see i made a, i made my tiny pun <laughs> that's used though um yeah. uh mark we do have a, a boat talk calendar that we put out every year i wonder if we can get maybe a picture of your school bus and mind if we put oh, that yeah, in, in our calendar i think it'd be appropriate oh yeah i'd love to send you one in the ohio river in cox's parks where we put it in Okay, that'd be great. Um, can we get it off the web? Do you have a, a website that has those pictures? I could email it to you. Um, okay. Oh yeah, well, any picture you find on there, yeah, you're, you're welcome to publish. I don't. Okay, we'll t- we'll talk with you later about how to email. But we do have a caller now, so we'll, we'll go to that caller. Good okay. morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Oh, good morning. I was just going to suggest to the, the gentleman who's taken undergoing this project that um, you know, he's talking about filling up with with diesel. I was going to suggest that he ever considered filling up with biodiesel or um, even and some other alternative kind of energy. Uh, maybe even putting some solar panels on the bus and kind of having part of the project be uh, an endorsement of some alternative energies. Especially now nowadays, that's a good yeah. question. Mark, what yeah, we kicked, we kicked biodiesel around a lot. When I was at the Kentucky State Fair last year, they had a booth, and uh, we talked to them. But uh, just nothing coming of that. But, no, I, I am. Anything that gets me from A to B, which is what well, I should say in this regard, A to A, circumnavigate. Uh, yeah, I don't care what we fuel, the rocket fuel. Just get me on the water. Uh, but, yeah, I'm open to anything. Yeah, maybe, maybe a solar panel company would, you know, consider uh, donating some for, the, for an endorsement of them or something. Sure. My favorite question around the uh, the uh, issue of having biodiesel on the water is uh, diesel fumes are a well known trigger of of mal de mer. You know they can make people upset and uh, cause cause uh, seasickness and stuff. And you have to wonder if the odor of French fries wafting back up from the uh, exhaust would would be a better or worse thing than diesel fumes wafting under your nose while your stomach's upset. You know. Well, that's that's actually vegetable oil, but. <laughs> About biodiesel. Thanks for I've heard that the, the smell of biodiesel is somewhat. Um, oh, it is too. Fo- yeah, food smelling rather than uh, smoky. Well, we definitely won't be putting it in our barbecue grill. But uh, <laughs> one no. little thing: uh, when you're talking alternate fuels, uh, and for the folks in the local area, especially here in Eastern Maine. Uh, uh, We've been getting a 10% ethanol gas mix up here. We weren't supposed to be. We were supposed to be getting three to four. 
in the marine fuels. And uh, I discovered just last year with changing filters about once every six to ten hours, um, Coast Guard and Boat U.S. have just come out with a study uh, that developed basically in Long Island Sound where they've had 10% ethanol for several years. Uh, it breaks down the resin in fiberglass tanks. And if any of your listeners have fiberglass tanks... Oh, dear. Uh, you are right at the point now. We've had it for apparently 10 years, more or less. They've had hundreds of instances in Long Island Sound where it's been longer. Uh, and basically, you've got to pull that tank out and replace it because... Um, it, it not only clogs your filters, but if you run it continuously, it builds up a, a reddish substance apparently in the base of the carburetors that can be destructive to engines. Huh. They picked it up, both U.S. and uh, U.S. Coast Guard study about a month ago, and it, it, it flashed in my mind as I've been changing filters with the engine just dying. Um, halfway to Great Duck Island, halfway to Mount Desert Rock, dead. Coming into the dock in Northeast Harbor, dead. That's not good when, <laughs> you're, coming, good when you're coming toward a $6 million Hinkley. That's uh, pretty interesting because uh, uh, marine fuel tanks would come in basically three flavors. You got your plastic uh, ones, you got your stainless steel ones, metal ones, and then you've got uh, fiberglass ones that are often built integral to the boat so that one side of the tank is actually the hull of the boat. Okay, and you build a fiber, and if the fuel is eating the the actual uh, part of which is the structure of the boat, call that a bad problem. We had that actual problem happen this this year where I work. Um, a, a cord hull with integral tanks had a mixture of fuel and water in the core, and we thought it was just a a hole that had gotten poked in. But this this probably is a, another possibility that it was a. Actually, I think if you went to the Boat U.S. site, I, I believe I didn't do that, but there are some pictures uh, that, that would make you of Long Island boats that mm-hmm. have had this longer, this Long literally holes and drools and sags in the sides of these tanks. Huh. If wow. it's integral to the hull, it's, of course, potentially disastrous. That's but uh, not trying to sound an alarm, but I hadn't heard anything locally about that until, you know, the last couple of months. Well, we'll stir up another thing. How could you possibly tell if uh, how much ethanol your gasoline has in it? Is that like I, on the pump? I tried. I tried. And uh, the fuel dealer that uh, service, that from whom I buy most of my fuel has never been able to get back to me. Hmm. The article from U- Boat U.S., or the, the study report by them in the Coast Guard, indicates that yeah. well, it's have, been sneaking in. We have another phone call, so let's go to that. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Good morning. Hello. Good Hi. morning. Who are speak- Who is speaking with? Uh, Mark Jackson from Vinyl Haven. Oh. Mark. Hey, Mark. Thanks yeah. for calling in. I just wanted to tell you about a project that we've been working on up here for a while. Yes, we've been reading about that. Uh-huh. You are, you're at the Vinyl Haven School. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. And I'm sitting here on a, with a conference uh, phone with a, one of the students that's taken part in the post-launching uh, program, so we'll have be able to tell you a little bit about both. Excellent. The boat was a, a steel hull that we acquired two and a half years ago that had been a pro, pro, project that had stalled. And it had been stripped down, sandblasted, and had some of the steel renewed and then uh, painted. And so basically we got a bare hull, and we've rebuilt that now into what we're calling a remote classroom. And we intend to take the boat down the coast to Florida and back over the course of a school year. But uh, what we're up to now is getting within two weeks of launching date, which is set for May 20th. Wow, that's going to have to be exciting. Now, this trip you're talking to Florida and back, uh, who's your crew? I'm going to let Keith answer that. He's sitting right here beside me, Keith Drury. Hey, um, 
it's four legs of three students in each leg. One group of students will bring the boat down to the Chesapeake Bay where they'll switch, and another group will bring the boat down to northern Florida, and another group will bring it back to the Chesapeake and another group back to Vinyl Haven. And each of these groups is about six weeks. Six takes about six weeks to complete, so... Yeah. So you're not only uh, uh, rebuilding the boat, uh, renovating the boat, then you're going to go on an adventure, and, and uh, you're going to wind that into your school program as well. What kind of, uh, what kind of structure are you going to have on the trip for, uh, you know, uh, calling it school? Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking to the school by email, and um, just they'll be uh, given assignments on board that will be uh, consummate with where they're at and what they're doing on the boat. Yeah, so primarily along the eastern seaboard, we'll be studying American history and uh, geography and uh, science that has to do with the marine. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of like place-based education, I think, is what we're talking about. Way too cool. Now, you folks live on an island, uh, Vinyl Haven, obviously, so you're, you're uh, all used to going for boat rides. Uh, any, of, any of the crew had any experience cruising up and down the east coast yet? Uh, yeah, I, um, a few of us actually went on the Harvey Gamage sailing vessel uh, for a week and a half over one, of, over one of the summers in the last couple of years, which gave us some sailing experience. It was a really good time. But, uh, how yeah. long have you been working on the boat now? It's been two and a half years. Uh, we started in December two and a half years ago. And launch date is in two weeks. How's it coming? Are we in a corner? Are we in a panic? Everything calm and collected and all ready? What? Oh, we're in the, the typical uh, panic stage of any boat launching. <laughs> you gotta lo- you yeah. got to love that whole thing. That's normal. <laughs> and it'll, go, it'll be ready to go overboard, but there'll be a lot of fitting out and things to do after we get it over. But wet paint, wet varnish, uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is interesting. Let's see, a floating classroom where all the students get C's. <laughs> uh, there he goes again, yeah. being punny. Remember Donald Crowhurst too, when he took off from England with his trimaran. That uh, one of the fail safes on the trip was going to be a, an inflatable bag at the top of the mast if he flipped over the Southern Oceans. Oh. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that he forgot the bag and couldn't yeah. go back. It was in that round the world race, eleventh uh, hour, not time at the dock, and he left and he couldn't touch in and. Uh, and he also couldn't admit Donald Crowhurst kind of famous for uh, going out and faking the race. He uh, couldn't do what he set out to do, but he couldn't admit he couldn't do it. And he just wandered around the middle of the ocean, then came back and said he did it. When he, oh, well, actually, no, he, no, no, he didn't get back. He, he didn't uh, come back. He thought about coming back, realized he couldn't, and he jumped off the boat and killed himself. The only the book he brought, one of the only books he brought with him, was the theory of relativity. I explained uh, Einstein's theory, and he convinced himself he was God and stepped off the stern. I did a master's thesis on that. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. The, the Strange uh, Voyage of Donald Crowhurst, that book, anyway. I hope we don't have to write a book about us. But no. Well, you ought to think about that, too. Than Matinicus or something. But. Yeah. Now, do you have any pictures available or a website or something that people are considering? There is a website, but uh, being a small school, uh, the people that I have work on different parts of the project are ones that are interested in it, and this year... I had absolutely no one in the program that was interested in maintaining a website, so it kind of ends with last spring, but gives you a great history of the boat and what we did up till then. Mm-hmm. And that can be located by going to the Vinyl Haven School website 
under the menu and go to the voc-ed part of that website. And uh, it explains who designed the bow, where it came from, and has a lot of pictures of what we had done up till last spring. Uh, gentlemen, this is Mark with We'll See. I, I'm sorry to do this, but I got to go. I'm on a cell oh, phone. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. We've been. We'll talk to you again. I thank you. Call me back about uh, your calendar. I appreciate being in it. Okay, we'll do that. Thank you. All kinds of confusion going <clears throat> yeah. on here this morning. Uh, like I say, the uh, Vinylhaven Marine Tech people. Now, what's been? Uh, have there been any particular challenges in this project, or uh, any particular uh, high high fun points? Oh, the, the primary thing has been the length of it and maintaining the uh, level of enthusiasm for kids who started it and knew that they weren't going to be around when it was getting launched. And then those who are now working on it, uh, not really being the ones that came up with the idea in the first place. Uh, but as the boat really starts coming together and they can see what it is all about, it, it's starting to take a new new life now. So launch date is May 20th. Are you going to have any sort of uh, party or a public uh what do you call it, debut at that time? That's going to have to be a little celebration as it's launch should, date. I should think a lot of people would like to show up and see that. Nope, I think we've lost Mark. But we do have another phone caller, so let's go right to that one. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Good morning, Alan and Mike. Good morning. How are the two of you this morning? Good. Sounds, sounds like Howard, isn't it? Yeah. Glorious day on the coast of Maine. Yeah. Wind out of the northeast, and it's warm. What a treat. Got a quick question I'd like to put out to you two and on the air, then I'll hang up. Got an old sailboat that's been sitting in the yard with uh, 40 gallons of diesel fuel filled, <laughs> tapped off in the tank. Four years it's been sitting there. I'm going to put her in the water and start her. Do we pump out that diesel fuel or do we use it? It was uh, winterized again, 2002, and it's been sitting there. It's a Volvo diesel and low hours on it, but uh, I'll leave you with that question, then jump. Wes is shaking his head in, in some concern here. Alan is, too. Um, no. It's always risky. Yep. Um, there was a fellow in the paper the other day who was uh, just charged with illegal disposal of gasoline. He had a junkyard, and he had all these 55-gallon barrels of uh, used gas, and they didn't know how to get rid of it, and they got caught just dumping it on the side of the road. So when you pump that out, there's an obvious concern. Then what happens to it? Yep. Yeah. Find a place. It's biodiesel, that's coming up. I think this is pretty good biodiesel stock. I've got to jump, but I will listen to the comments. Yep, thank you, Howard. Thank you, Howard. Um, diesel does break down after a while. They, most marinas have a thing that's called a recirculator where you can take the fuel and run it through a bunch of filters and supposedly clean it up. But still, I, I don't think it would be I, – I wouldn't want to go out where you, as Russ is saying, have an engine failure at a bad time. I'd give it to somebody I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Try and imagine who you don't like or vice versa, Alan. One eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. If you don't like that idea, give us a call. Uh we have another little uh quick note here of another educational project. It was a uh oh, our friend Art Payne got together with uh, uh students down on Mount Desert Island and they built little model boats and then they raced them on a pond. And uh, they come up with different propulsion schemes. And last week, I said, last month, I uh, said that one of the propulsion schemes was a butane cartridge. And a fellow wrote an email here going, good God, man. I mean, you know, a kid and spewing butane. And it was actually a CO2 cartridge, carbon dioxide, not butane, that they were powering that little model boat in. And I thank that fellow for calling us on that. Okay. We have another phone call. Let's go to that. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. 
good morning again. Uh, this is Mark Jackson again. I, we got oh, yeah. cut off, and I just wanted to uh, say goodbye and thank you for letting us be on. Okay, well, before you go away, why don't you, uh, if you have some contact information, give that to us one more time, Mark. Okay. Uh, that would be, uh, all I can, I don't have a website number address. Mm-hmm. Go to the Vinyl Haven School website. Use your uh, search engine to find that. And you can hear, uh, Keith has it, if you can hear him. It's http.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.
as you say, you know, what else is it going to do? Yeah, interesting. What do you run your biodiesel in, Becca? My husband has a, um, a truck that we run it in, and our neighbor, Andrea, who you've had on here before, has yes. you know, run lots of things. But there's a couple of people that were part of the co-op that ran it in their boats, too. So um, I know it has been done, and uh, just a matter of you know, doing that little bit of research and making sure you don't have rubber gaskets or replacing them and, and uh, changing your fuel filters promptly well, when you need to. What's a good substitute for rubber gaskets? Uh, silicone. Silicone. Yeah. Okay. And most of the new, you know, newer vehicles have silicone. It's just real old, old vehicles that tend to have rubber gaskets. So. Okay. Besides, yeah. besides, hopefully being, uh, you know, eco friendly, is this uh, cost efficient for you as well? Well, at this point, we don't have the the biodiesel co op anymore in this area. There's a guy down on the island that's been talking that he's going to be setting up a uh, a pump right there. And a few, you know, last year we were sort of fired up to try to get Irving to carry it. But at this point, there's not really a local source for it unless you make your own or get it down in South China. So mm-hmm. it's sort of a moot point. But who's, who's, <laughs> talk, who's talking about doing it on the uh, island? Kevin Crandall. Kevin Crandall. His name, he was trying to do it with Sprague. Right now he's actually trying to find someone that would um, give him a, a place to do it. Mm-hmm. So he was, as far as I know, he had a website that was, uh, mdibiofuels.com. Okay. And um, we all know in capitalism, supply and demand are right. intimately related. So, <laughs> Well, yeah. hopefully we'll be finding it around here a little more often soon enough. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, Becca. Thank you. You might find that on the uh, also uh, MDI uh, Islander or the uh, Barber Times did a, a thing on him a while back. On their site, you could probably could locate it. Okay. We have another caller. Let's go to that. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Good morning. Good morning. Who's there? Waiting yep. and flashing, head shaking, and we're having a time here this morning. Good morning. Are you there? No. I'm afraid we uh, don't have that one. But again, one, if you want to try, we are having a phone trouble, but the number to call is 1-866-625-9378. Once again, we've got uh, Wes Shaw in here this morning. Wes, for years... Uh, more than a couple of years, has been running the MDI water taxi out of the uh, Northeast Harbor area down there. And, and uh, you know, let's face it, uh, it's a water taxi, but it's a taxi. And to me, that's like, uh, you know, taxi driver has got to be, oh. you know, it's like the midnight city, the midnight ocean, <laughs> million stories, you know. And uh, Wes, you're, you're uh, retiring from the water taxi business. How long you been at it? I, I'm something in the vicinity of probably 18, 20 years on the water taxi, and I've done sail charters before that. So it, in the last 35, 40 years, uh, full and uh, part-time initially, and then full uh, since 1990. How's that been as a business for you? Really interesting. Uh, water taxiing, uh, basically, ex- you're exposed to and have a chance to associate with lots of interesting type people. Uh, the girl that was on the bow of the Titanic uh, in that shot, the young man and the young woman standing on the bow, can't think of her name. Kate Whistler. Kate. I had on the stern of the water taxi a few years back, <laughs> leaving the, leaving the uh, dock at Alsford where uh, she was uh, a British uh, BBC film crew on the dock, uh, had been doing a movie, and she had an affair with uh, Ashley Bryan, uh, our, our internationally famous right, uh, the poet. artist and poet out there and uh, writer and uh, we had to we had a 20 minute window to get into a sunset 
uh, that was going down behind Beach Mountain, and uh, she stood in the stern of the boat waving. I uh, had to take my ensign off the stern. I don't like to do that. It's not, not good luck. But uh, mm-hmm. as we left the dock, uh, the headset uh, fellow kept saying to me, uh, um, faster, Wes, faster. We did it two or three times. Well, you don't go through the middle of a mooring area at, uh, <laughs> at um, you know, at 15, yeah, an 18 an knots. An you an don't do it. A no-wake zone. Well, they wanted the wake and the sunset and this lovely young lady waving to her lover. And uh, I did go through it about 12 knots. At that point, most of the visiting, this middle of the summer, most of the visiting boaters uh, uh, understood and had secured their wine glasses and things <laughs> like that. But, uh, it uh, again, at the end of that trip, a little hug from that, that young lady was uh, something you think about later on. And uh, it was kind of interesting experiences. So like the that. bow of the Titanic and the stern of your Weber's Cove 22 are just about the same yeah, place. Yeah, we've been analogized. <laughs> uh, no, it... Just lots of interesting folks. I uh, I made the mistake a few weeks back of going on the uh, not the mistake. I went on the Alsford site and uh, um, website and just posted a little notice that I was uh, selling the boat in business because lots of folks out at Alsford had had always said, "Gee, if you ever sell West, uh, give us a call." Well, I know them by face, but not my name. A uh, reporter for the Mount Desert Islander picked up uh, the story and eventually came to the to my place and uh, came for an hour and stayed for four and then he did a. Um, he did a uh, a large article on me that got picked up by uh, Portland Press Herald, Boston Globe, New York Times, hmm. all down the coast. Because uh, in the in the article, I was able to talk about experiences with Walter Cronkite. Uh, Martha Stewart was on uh, Water Taxi the day after she walked off a Katie Couric show. In fact. Uh, Another offshoot from Water Taxi, and I just turned down a producer at uh, uh, NBC in New York that wanted me to go up to Channel 2 in Bangor and do a live uh, morning show interview with Katie Couric. Uh, not because I'm Wes Shaw, but because I was one of the first people to talk extemporaneously with Martha Stewart. She explained exactly what had happened. After Katie asked her about her inside trading uh, when she was trying to make a salad on TV, wasn't it? Yeah, Something like and that. she walked off the show. Well, uh, she, he... Uh, um, uh, she walked off the show. Well, Katie doesn't want to talk about me. She wants to pick my brain about Martha Stewart, and I'm sorry. Uh, you know, yeah. that uh, wasn't that's not a, fair. That's wasn't not a good day. Place. Didn't Martha lose a lot of money right then, too? Yeah, about $178 million, she told me at the time. And then two nights later, Dan, rather, on the evening news announced that, and I turned to my wife and said, my God, I knew that about 72 hours ago. <laughs> There's lots of those little experiences that uh, in this area of the coast. Uh, yeah, just kind of interesting. We have a, um, another phone. We're going to try and see if our phone system is working, so we'll see if we get a call here. Good morning. Are you there? Good morning. Ah, yes. We can hear you. Can you speak up a little bit? Sure. I, uh, uh, can, you hear me? can you hear me now? Yes, yes we can. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Actually, I was one of the calls that uh, that you hung up on, or we got disconnected by mistake. Yeah, we're having a little problem with the phone. I was calling... Uh, well, first of all, I'm calling. I I live in Hampton, New Hampshire, and but I'm in Chicago, so I listen to you guys on the web. Excellent. So uh, I'm right downtown by the uh, Dock Walk, and I can see the Columbia Yacht Club and uh, ah. the Chicago Yacht Club. But the question, uh, the reason I'm calling is that regarding that diesel uh, for that gentleman with the sailboat. Most um, service stations accept uh, oil and gas and anything that's really uh, combustible because they use it for um, winter heating. Uh, there's a number of locations, at least down in the uh, uh, southern New Hampshire area, where the uh, service stations have these 
uh, furnaces, and they'll take antifreeze, and you know, they'll take anything to, mm-hmm. and dump it in there and burn it. So that's always a. I've always found that to be the, and it doesn't cost anything. Most, and, most any uh, service station you're saying then would be able to do that. Um, you could just ask if you go to yeah. one of the service stations. Say, by the way, do you burn? Um, you know, do you heat with uh, used oil, or you know, because they take it from their mm-hmm. from their uh, vehicles and they just dump it as opposed to. Um, of course, they charge. Yeah, in most cases, they they give you one of those hazardous waste charge, but they still <laughs> burn it anyway. Uh, appreciate you pointing that out. Do you do any boating in in uh, Chicago? There, it's like Michigan, isn't it? Yes, it is. No, actually, as I say, I live in Hampton, New Hampshire, and um, we uh, keep a Cal thirty nine up at uh, in Casco Bay, right at, at by Handy Boat. The re- one reason I was asking, uh, a lot of people are are. You know, afraid might be too strong a word of the ocean. I'm afraid of lakes. Um, lakes concern me a lot. The the uh, ocean waves, I like a, a big swell wave and a nice good-sized ocean wave. Um, you know, I've seen 30, 40-foot waves. I've had them fall on my head. I ain't really afraid of them. But a, a lake wave, a very short, sharp, steep lake wave, I tell you what, that can be a challenging environment to try to operate a boat in, my experience. I, no, you're quite right. I've... Uh done quite a bit of offshore sailing. Uh, we're doing the Bermuda race again, um, Newport Bermuda race this year, and uh, give me an o- a long ocean swell than even just a, a Chesapeake. Uh, I remember bringing a boat up from uh, Florida up and crossing the Chesapeake, and I had um, those little square waves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wind was blowing maybe 18 to 20, and it was tough. I mean, they were just so steep and short. It was not comfortable at all. So Reminds me of being a kid trolling in Moosehead Lake, and another time we were down in the Bordora Lakes in, uh, in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, and we were bucking the wind and the current, a 44-foot Mason sailboat, and we had, we had alternately, or maybe at the same time, we'd have the propeller out of the water and the bow about 10 feet out of the water, and those waves were just impossible to you know flow smoothly past the boat. Hey, www.weru.org, uh, we got a Listen Here button, and you can listen to Boat Talk in Chicago. I think that's so cool this morning. <laughs> All we right, are, gentlemen. We are also podcasting, too, if you're interested. You can listen to old programs of a that, Boat Thanks Talk for pointing too. that out. We have some uh, apparently are uh, archived on iTunes, and uh, how you access that, I guess, would be the iTunes way. I've never done that. I can't tell you, but mm-hmm. I hear that there, and if we uh, get it together, which we really should, we'll put some more there. I have to yeah. tell you, I do use uh, podcasts, and it's uh, it's a great way. It's sort of like having this radio station at your whenever you want. Meaning that uh, it, it's a right now. I noticed that uh, there is actually training. This is a whole different discussion, but there's training going on using iPod videos, so that individuals, instead of being in the classroom, they can download the uh, the training manual and have it on a portable device um, whenever they need it. To, uh, hmm. Let's just say it was. Uh, so you go to class whenever you want. That's right. Right. Yeah. Huh. Lectures that's the cool. same way. Ain't it great how all these modern conveniences are freeing us up for our lives? <laughs> I got one, <laughs> one more question for you on the way out. Uh, what kind of boat you sailing to Bermuda in? It's a uh, J forty six. Oh, oh, that'll get there. That'll be nice. That'll get there fairly quickly. You experienced at the Bermuda race? Yeah, I've done four races. I've done about five Halifax races. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rather enjoyable, but you know, interesting. The gentleman about with the um, with the um, the bus. I was I just did a race last year with some friends of mine, 
in the Azores called the Atlantis Cup, and a uh, beautiful area down there. I, I should say it's on the 38th parallel, but uh, nice, nice location. Hard to get to, though. Pretty cool. Try and imagine uh, ripping across the uh, ocean swells on your J-47 and, and uh, seeing a school bus uh, on the horizon. <laughs> That's right, Joe. It would be done. All right. Well, thank you very much for that Thanks call. for calling from Chicago this morning. And is there somebody waiting on the phone? Yes, there is. Good yes. morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Who are we speaking to? This is Drew down in Brooklyn. Morning, morning Drew. Morning. What's up? Hey, on the discussion about ethanol and the fuel... Uh, my understanding is that most of the time, fuel or gasoline should not be put into a fiberglass tank, and this ethanol is probably only being put into uh, gasoline, not into diesel, where diesels are put into the fiberglass. And so that's you know something to be aware of, whether it's gasoline in a fiberglass and so forth. Well, maybe uh, I did a little research. Did a lot of research at the time when I began to put it together. Um, Tempo and um, one other manufacturer is now making a plastic tank. I say plastic, something like a plastic tank that's certified for both the gas and the diesel. Um, the the thing that comes to mind here, especially where we're over by Blue Hill, is a, is a Weber, Weber Cove boats. There's a lot of Weber Coves around, a lot of lobster boats um, and pleasure boats uh, from Weber Cove. They have a, a molded in, um, a separate, not part of the hull, um, fiberglass tank in the stern of it. And um, it apparently, uh, the new plastics will handle it. Stainless, of course, will handle it. But there's no question that we've been getting a much higher ethanol content in Maine than we were supposed to have been getting because we're at the end of the line, apparently. Local fuel dealers don't like to divulge how much ethanol is in the gas. And the lady that called in earlier, uh, I destroyed a lovely old 79 Chevy van by uh, by using a modern uh, uh, fuel in that van, and it ate up all of the gaskets in the carburetor and things like that. She said silicone. I In the old days, they made gaskets out of cork. Uh, maybe we should go back and reinvent the wheel, but uh, something be, else to worry about. It's uh, there's there's pluses and minuses in the in the research on on what ethanol can do uh, in in various non-metallic tanks, basically, uh, prior to the advent of these new plastics mm-hmm. that are designed to handle it. Uh, I think a lot of folks. I, I go through lots of gallons of gas on that. That vessel, and uh, I, I had ad- engine problems uh, with with earlier outboards when they had the Johnson 90 on some vessels because I was putting hundreds of hours on a season. Um, they were happening to me uh, before we started using that uh, that substitute uh, valve tech in uh, in your high high powered outboards or large outboard gas. Uh, in fact, I went through three of them, and then finally Johnson made me sign an agreement saying that I would use the uh, the valve tech. It's not snake oil; it it does work, but uh, it's an you can't have engine problems on a water taxi. Well, you no, you can't. And it, it's Martha's just a, sitting in the in the back of the boat, and you say, "Martha, we'll just be drifting for a while. Would you Would you get the anchor out from under the seat, please?" Well, I just I worry that, that that where I go through so many hundreds of gallons, especially in the past, uh, of fuel that maybe it's happened to my tank earlier than it's going to happen to some lobster fishermen in Deer Isle and uh, um, Blue Hill area and and folks that I don't know if it's a matter of the quantity and the volume of the gas going through that accelerates the deterioration brought on by the ethanol. Yeah, it's something that for folks to keep an eye on. Uh, we need to get a chemist on this show. I can see. <laughs> 
Thanks, Drew. Appreciate you calling. The phone's ringing one more time here. We're, we're uh, running into the corner of Boat Talk, and, yeah, and we appreciate you calling call, this morning. So let's see, see who's, who's standing by right now. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Thank you. Um, hey, I've, I've got a question. Yeah, Al, I, I do know. Uh, <laughs> many of us have taken the road less traveled, and uh, I know you did that to New York recently, and uh, I'm, I'm a little curious. I'm going to spend two weeks in Alaska. What should I look for um, that that I won't see anywhere else from a a nautical point of view? Is there are you guys familiar? I'll, Anchorage will be my base, and I'll sort of do little sorties from there. But what what can I photograph, and what can I what are what are some of the things that are oddities there that that I might want to want to take in and and bring back here well a salmon would be a good idea uh, well i yeah i've been told that by my neighbor uh, um, <laughs> but i'm uh, told it's just absolutely spectacular a friend of mine took an alaskan cruise last year and she liked that so much she's gone back for another one and her alaskan cruise started in fort lauderdale florida went to the bahamas through the Panama Canal, and now there it's a it's a 32 day trip, and now they're actually in Alaska. You talk about uh, getting there the long way. She assures me that you will have no lack of scenery or inspiration. Well, I'm I'm not. That's not what I'm. That's not what my I'm I'm a little curious from a boat talk point of view. If if there are are there certain structures? Are there boats that that are are that are indigenous only to that area and i i i'm i'm a little um well the only boats that are indigenous to the area the old uh, the log dugout canoes of the native americans made there and the skin boats too well the but, skin boats i'm aware of yeah um i if, if if you can uh i would be tempted to go inside they call it which is a bunch of islands that go down the uh the southern coast of alaska towards towards Canada, and I guess there's some really very nice cruises you can take in there. Well, thank you, gentlemen, very much. Well, thank you, Tim. Bye-bye. Appreciate you calling this morning. Snap yeah. a photo of an iceberg as it floats by the side of the vessel. We have one one final call here on Boat Talk. Just, nope, nope, I guess they, they're just calling and making a complaint. So time for us to wrap up. But I would like to pass what? out uh, one a happy birthday to my daughter, whose birthday is today, and they have... Uh, how old's Leah now? You're awful old. How old's your daughter? She's 33. Wow. Uh, she's she and her husband have a, a boat, a Sea Ray 21, which uh, is a source of constant aggravation. But you know, it's, uh, if you have a boat, it's close enough to get a happy birthday on this show. So, <laughs> happy there birthday. There you go. We, uh, you know, wandered our way through Boat Talk this morning. It's always fun and interesting. Um, uh, we didn't hardly get uh, Wes to tell any stories about Elizabeth Taylor, for instance. Or, we didn't uh, get in trouble at all. No, Martha has a mixed reputation around here. Now, I'm assuming she's been a good customer of yours and, you know, is not a bad person to have on your boat, right? Nice, nice lady. A lot of nice people. Walter Cronkite was a little different story, and but, but I'll always remember the Liz Taylor too. Now, uh, Liz Taylor shows up in Northeast Harbor with Malcolm Forbes on Highlander on her on his big boat there. And how do you get to meet she used Liz? To, uh, well, she used to before he passed, but Malcolm has a. Uh, um, Several interesting practices. Malcolm's crews, you know, have always been all gay males. 
Um, I did not know that. that. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no. He believes that there's less uh, altercations on a, on a vessel that size, uh, male, female, boyfriend, <laughs> <true>. girlfriend. Um, <laughs> And, and he didn't allow smoking. Uh, Liz, of course, was a chain smoker, and I often in those days used to sit at the commercial dock at the in from where they tie up uh, at, in the evenings, and she rapidly learned that she could come down and sit with me and talk with me and smoke with me and uh, used to do that on a regular basis, it, uh, as, as did Gary Moore and folks like that. Uh, wow. That's when smokers were allowed to smoke in the Liz, area. of course, known as one of the world's most uh, all-time beautiful women as a reputation. How did you find her as a beautiful woman? You would not have recognized her when she was cruising with Malcolm. Dungarees, old sweatshirt, paint on the sweatshirt sometimes. I mean, Good just, Lord! Um, <laughs> with no makeup, uh, hair blown in the wind. Uh, well, I'm sure the avid movie fan would have recognized I wouldn't have recognized her. I took um, uh, back and forth uh, for, for a week, uh, Chris Reeves, before he was paralyzed. Uh, Superman. And the girls in the ticket booth one day said, yeah. Wes, get, it, get his autograph. And I said, who's? And he said, Superman. And I said, who's that? <laughs> I, was, I was bringing him back and forth for a week. Didn't know it, it was Chris Reeves. Interesting, though. Interesting. Wes, we're out of time this morning. We're sorry we didn't get you going earlier about uh, Elizabeth Taylor and Walter Cronkite well, and such. But the, Good that we hit the ethanol. I think you folks may be hearing more calls on ethanol uh, I think as, we shall. as tanks go to... Very interesting. The MDI Water Taxi is, uh, like I say, a business looking for a new owner, and, uh, you know, it's also a very labor-intensive business. And, uh, you know, Wes is not hard to find down on the waterfront there. Thanks for uh, listening to Boat Talk this morning. comes on the second Tuesday of the month. Yep. Our, our theme song is by Lyle Lovett, and uh, thanks to Amy Brown down in the engine room for engineering this show. Until next month, good luck out there. We go riding through the moors, then we buy a boat and Boat Talk is made possible in part by Atlantic Challenge, home of the Apprentice Shop and the Community Sailing Program, offering youth and adult boat building classes year-round, plus internships, apprenticeships, and marine mentoring for middle school students. Atlantic Challenge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to craftsmanship, community, and the traditions of the sea. 594-1800 or AtlanticChallenge.com.